Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now for our story. It was shortly after lunch. Paul Cromwell was lounging lackadaisically in the small garden of his beach house just outside Los Angeles. Mr. Cromwell was bored. Under ordinary circumstances, feeling as he did, he and his man Max would simply pack up and move on, perhaps to Mexico or back east. But he was no longer footloose. He had to wait until Lisa Fenner's child was born. And after that, what? He still might not be footloose. In his mind's eye, he placed Lisa in the chair beside him. He tried picturing years of Lisa sitting beside him, at breakfast, at dinner, in the car. Paul Cromwell sighed. The picture would be so much pleasanter if Kit were in it. She was his sort. He found her exciting, amusing. And she had a certain scornful attitude towards him which Paul found stimulating. But what was he going to do about Mrs. Fenner? Kit made it offered a suggestion that would solve everything, if it worked. From the house, he could hear the sound of voices. And a few seconds later, Kit Mead and Lisa Fenner came out on the side terrace. Hello there. Hello. Come and join me. Well, you certainly look phlegmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing some mental work, Kit. I'll bet. Yeah, Lisa. Let me move this chair for you. Thank you, darling. <sighs> this is certainly a lovely spot. So cool and soothing. I need soothing. It was hot as blazes in town. No, it wasn't so bad, Kit. Oh, listen to her. Nothing affects this woman. I've always thought dancers were supposed to be full of fire and temperament. Paul seen me when I wasn't so calm and collected. Haven't you, Paul? <laughs> oh, yes. But I do try to keep an even disposition. I think it's so important to a relationship, like two people living together. Uh-huh. Even with Lance, as difficult as he was, I always tried to control my temper. You hear that, Paul? Kit. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Nothing, Lisa. Well, uh, tell me about your excursion into the city. Well, we had our appointment with Dr. Gordon. Yes, and what did he have to say? Oh, everything's fine. He's so nice. He takes such a personal interest. He wanted to know about our transportation from out here. I told him there was a car available at any time, just in case, you know. Just in case of what? Well, things don't always happen exactly when they're supposed to. Oh. Uh... When does Dr. Gordon expect you to go to the hospital, Lisa? In about three weeks. So soon? Uh-huh. You're certainly lucky. I have at least two more months to go. Oh, but, but that's not so long, Kit. <laughs> the devil it isn't. Oh, I know how you must feel, Kit. You must be awfully anxious to get home, back to your husband. Yes. I'm anxious to get this over with, all right. 
Well, anyway, I'll tell you some more about what we did in town, Paul. Yes. <laughs> we went shopping, and I bought a silver cup, and I left it at the store. The name will have to be inscribed on it. Oh. You know, Kit, we should really be thinking about names. Should we? Have you and Bill decided on one? Uh, no. No, we haven't. You know, Kit, what I just thought of? If you have a boy, you should name him Christopher. Why? Well, because your name's Kit. Don't you see? Kit and Christopher. Oh, by the way, Kit. Uh, excuse me, Lisa, but I, I've had this on my mind. Oh, that's all right. Last night, Kit, I had dinner at the Compton's. Yes. Your name came up, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to know if I'd heard anything from you since you'd retired to Wakefield. What did you tell them? I said the last report I'd had on you, you'd changed terribly. That you'd become a dull, dumpy housefrau. Oh, you dog, you didn't. <laughs> no, of course not. I changed the subject. Who were the Compton's? <laughs> oh, they're just some friends of Paul's and mine. Yes. <laughs> oh. Well, I think I'll walk on back to my house. Oh, don't go. I have a letter to write. Besides, I'm tired. Are you coming, Lisa? No, I think I'll stay here a little while longer. See you this evening, Kit. All right. You know, Paul, I'm worried about her. Oh? Isn't everything going all right? But isn't that? But she seems so bitter and unhappy all the time. Why do you think she came out here to have her child? I really don't know. It seems so funny. I mean, she knows a lot of people out here, yet she never sees them. And evidently, these continents don't even know she's here. Well, there's no explaining Kit. She takes odd notions sometimes. Well, I think there's an explanation. Hmm? I think there's something wrong with her marriage. Has she said anything? That's what she doesn't say. Oh? Well, she never talks about her husband. And after all, Paul, I've been living with her for weeks now, and we've had several confidential chats, and... Oh, you know how women do. For instance, when she gets a letter from him, she never comments on it. Never reads any of it to me. She never talks about his work, or their life together, or anything. Mm-hmm. In these uh, confidential chats of yours, darling, think back a little. Weren't you the one who did most of the confiding? Well, yes, I guess so. Kit's the sort of person who keeps things pretty much to herself. Unlike most females, she doesn't seem to have that urge to reveal her private life. She just isn't the go gossipy sort, you know? Yes, I know. But just the same, Paul, I can't get over this feeling I have that there's something wrong. You really believe that? Yes, I do. Of course, I may be wrong. But I don't think so. Hmm. That's very interesting. I particularly asked Kit about her marriage. She assured me that everything was perfectly splendid. What do you mean, you particularly asked her? I mean, I was interested. Because I know Kit and I have... Well, I, I just never thought she'd marry someone like this Bill Mead. What's he like? Mm, he's what might be called a good wholesome type. Good-looking in an obvious brawny sort of way. <laughs> Why, Paul, that was a catty remark. <laughs> you sound almost as if you resented him. I didn't get to know him very well. Personally, I just found him rather dull. So you think the situation's rocky? I wonder if Kit was fooling me. Oh, well, it doesn't matter one way or the other, does it? I mean, it's her affair, not ours. At the moment, I'm far more interested in my marriage. What? 
I should have said my divorce. Oh. Did you call Mr. Griffith this morning? I know. I thought perhaps you wouldn't. I'm so eager to know if he's found out yet where Lance is staying. Oh, you needn't worry about it, darling. Griffin's a good lawyer. Oh, I'm not worried. But I'd like to see everything sort of cleared up before the baby's born. Paul, what do you think would be... I, I can't think of any offhand. Uh, that's up to you, Lisa. But I thought perhaps that... Paul, are you happy? Oh, of course, sweet. Of course. Why? I don't quite know how to say it. It's just that I feel everything's working out so perfectly. You know, I was frightened when I first got here from San Francisco. I hated to have to ask you for help. Oh, now, Lisa, let's not go over that again. I know. But I'm trying to tell you something that's very important. You see, I didn't know what your attitude was going to be. The future seems so dismal and unpredictable somehow. I want so much for the baby. And at first I didn't know if I'd be able to give him anything. The things a child should have. I had such a miserable childhood. Mean and dirty and sad. Every day was a struggle of some sort. I want my baby to have a real childhood, Paul. Something you can remember with happiness. I don't want him to have a soft life. But I do want him to have a good one. One he can make something out. He will have a chance, won't he? He will have the good things of life. Why, of course, Lisa. I'm sure he will. Paul Cromwell's answer more than satisfied Lisa Penner. She thought he meant much more than he did. She interpreted it to fit her own wishful thinking. What you don't realize, Lisa, is that the feeling you believe this man has for you is just pretense on his part. An expedient measure, because he's a little frightened of you, Lisa. Judging others by his own character, he's afraid you might involve him in some way. You trust Paul Cromwell completely. I wonder what you'd think if you knew that Paul and Kip Mead had discussed ways and means of getting you to relinquish your child. <laughs> 